G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning uh, we've got some uh, some duelling farm policy to consider uh, now. Um, and uh, maybe dueling tax policy even within the coalition. Uh, has, has Labour gone negative with its uh, election advertising? And uh, what are those crazy fins doing with their dogs now? I know everybody's been asking that. But, but, but back to the election, uh, the debate the other night, uh, we got the, the viewership numbers out yesterday. Was the debate a hit? Yes and no. The ratings tell the story and the ratings are in. The numbers were good, uh, but not great. 1.1 million tuned in Tuesday night versus 1.3 million three years ago. So a key here is that's the total number. 1.1 million, the number of people that watched at least one minute, which if you're one of the participants, of course, is not what you want. So the key here is the average. The average was 657,000. Good on any night of regular programming, but given the nature of the debate, what we can deduce is that a lot of people didn't actually hang around for the whole show. In other words, it wasn't good telly, it wasn't sticky, it wasn't a good watch. And if you need the debates to work for you, that's a bit of a problem. I mean, I personally would have given up if it hadn't been for work. But the upside is over a million even tuning in does reassure us that at last, at least a chunk of us have woken up enough to take an interest and that bodes well going forward. Given we got a result as such, as meandering as parts of it were, it was generally accepted that Collins won and therefore that piques the interest as to what Adern does with the defeat and whether she has a new plan for next week. Toss in a poll or two and we actually have a race with a good number of interested voters. This is all good for democracy. It's also a reminder that right or wrong, good or bad, there is very little in life left that true, still truly unite, uh, unites us as a country. Politics and sport, specifically rugby, that's about it. The media landscape so fragmented has been for years now. The water cooler days of communal watches have long since passed. So it's a reminder that for all its weaknesses and partisan nonsense, how a country is run and who runs it is one of the few things we are happy to sort of gather together and participate in. Well in excess of 80% of us will eventually vote. Compare that to America, where barely half turn out and their debates will be watched by comparatively a handful compared to ours. So not a record number, but close enough. And thank God, proof at last, as a country, we have worked out this actually counts. Um, Yeah, I'll go back to my original uh, question, though, around voting day itself. Will there be sausage sizzles at the polling booths? Um, or or it has COVID put the kibosh on in that because um, that'll that'll be the main determining factor on whether I vote and when I vote, how I vote, how many times I vote. Um, now, Labor yesterday tried to make nice nice with the farmers after not being so nice with them at the in that debate the other night. I got to hand it to Jacinda, having been spanked in the debate such as the life of a politician in a campaign, you've got to get out of bed the next morning and carry on like it never happened. The irony being, this day, yesterday, saw her down on the farm. If there was a single comment, of course, on debate night that sunk her, it was that condescending nonsense he dribbled out over farming and how what Judith had said about being proud as a farmer's daughter and how the farmer felt beaten and embattled sounded like farming from another age. Forgetting, of course, the Labour Party's credentials on farming weren't exactly stellar to start with. And in fact, this farming from another age is actually keeping the country from going completely broke at the moment. Labour's policy for the farm, as released via a cow shed by the Prime Minister, was to use yet more money we don't have to help farmers meet compliance. The irony being twofold. One, why not cut the compliance as opposed to keeping red tape and pretending the cost doesn't exist by subsidising it? And two, 
The policy doesn't actually have a plan yet. The first thing they need to do is set up the obligatory group think tank gab fest session to work out what the rules are so we're all on the same page. And in that is Labour to a T. Announce an idea that hasn't actually been formulated. What Labour have never understood about the rural community is that farmers are business people and all the ideological crap that they want to dump on them isn't actually necessary because one, it doesn't work, and two, the stuff that does work they were doing anyway due to the fact that farms are businesses and no business person sets out to wreck their business. Water, waterways, planting, runoff, all the stuff that's being regulated, it's already on the radar of a New Zealand farmer. The pugging, the slope of the paddock nonsense is the stuff only a wonk from Wellington without a set of gumboots could ever dream up. And as such, even Damien O'Connor, who passes for a man of the land but is lonely in his caucus, could see a lot of it was unworkable rubbish, so at least acquiesced to some change. But here's a thought for Labour. Indeed, all parties who have obvious areas of weakness, identify what you don't know, aren't good at, and do something about it. Bring in expertise. In Labour's case, get Damien some mates in caucus that know one end of a cow from another. Look like you care. If you don't, you end up like Jacinda in a debate, writing off an entire industry with your ignorance and disdain. I was very impressed by the Prime Minister's gumboots yesterday. I don't know if you noticed, she just had the red bands on there, and they appeared to be exactly her size, her her gumboots. I mean... uh, Unless someone had called ahead and arranged them specifically for her. Um, There was an element, I thought, I don't know if any other people have picked up on that. I haven't heard a lot of gumboot talk out of that, but I noticed. Um, I I didn't notice what the Greens had to say about tax policy, but Mike did. The Greens. The Greens are getting into desperation territory because they're on the five or six barrier. They got six in the Colmar Brunton the other night, but uh, given they always poll more poorly... Uh, on the night than they do in polls leading up to it. They, they are sweating it. So Julianne Genta is the question. Has she gone a bit rogue or has she revealed the Greens' real bottom line? Zoom debate, right? Zoom debate on small businesses. Genta said this. I think that tax reform has to be a bottom line. This country is not going to be better off if we continue to allow the wealthiest people and the wealthiest New Zealanders to accumulate more and more wealth. That takes money out of circulation in the economy. Did you spot the problem there? Bottom line, Greens don't have bottom lines. How many times have we had James Shaw on the programme? There are no bottom lines, just top priorities. Uh, Stuart Nash having none of it. Off the table, Grant Robinson has made this very, very clear. So off the table. So um, do we have bottom lines or do we have top priorities? So we went and got in touch with James Shaw. He's calling them top priorities. Position hasn't changed and that he has top priorities over bottom lines. What exactly is the difference between a top priority and a... And a bottom line. Um, Getting a bit hung up on semantics. I guess the middle is the difference between the top and the bottom. Really don't know what's happening. Um, Another thing uh, Mike's noticed or that has been brought to his attention is Labour is using the internet for negative purposes. Mm. Labour's gone negative. So back in January, the Prime Minister said, as she was then leader of the Labour Party now, of course, uh, a factual and positive New Zealand election campaign, and yet reportage yesterday that Labour dips its toes into negative online ads. So they want positive, they're going negative. Sign of panic and worry. Uh, Several ads on Google calling Nationals tax promise reckless, irresponsible and desperate. 
Uh, so the messaging is a departure from Labor's previous positive ads. No sign of negativity is seen in the advertising front of the, of the Prime Minister, so she distanced herself from it. This is how Machiavelli and the Labor Party is. Keep the Prime Minister clean or the leader clean. Do your dirty work behind the scenes on social media. An ad that showed up when you Google either national or tax policy or national tax policy, uh, they call it a competitor campaign. And the messaging appears to be confined at the moment to the Google ads not being used in Labor's advertising on Facebook. So on Google, you might have seen it. They've gone all negative. So they ask for the positive and they deliver the negative. Um, so just on uh, you know, evil uses for the internet... Uh, I don't know if you remember Mike talking about the well, and Kate for that matter. They 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 watched the social dilemma, the Netflix documentary about how bad social media is, and I have finished watching it now, and I can um, confirm uh, that social media is bad, which is what I thought before I watched it. So I didn't. I feel like that's that's an hour and a half. I'm never going to get back now because I it didn't tell me anything. I didn't already know. They were shocked by it, but. I'm pretty sure they've been telling people social media is bad for a while, but anyway. Uh, good news from Finland. Finland, they've deployed uh, coronavirus sniffing dogs, which is interesting. Main airport, this is Helsinki. It's a four-month trial as an alternative testing method. Now, a lot of people have been looking at this around the world. Australia, France, Germany, the States have been doing trials, but nothing widespread or big scale like the Finns. So basically, uh, the dog can sniff. It takes about 10 seconds. And if there's something there, they then test you on the spot, uh, not with the nose or the throat, but by sort of a, a swab of your skin, a wiping of your skin. And they put it in a machine and about a minute later, they've got the results. They think if that works, they're going to roll it out to all sorts of places like hospitals, ports, elderly people's homes, sports venues, etc. So we wish them we wish them well on that. I wonder what kind of dog they use. I quite like the, the, the beagles, aren't they? They're quite often at the airport for the drugs. And they seem quite friendly, and I don't mind them so much. You wouldn't want like a Doberman Pinscher uh, to sniff out your COVID. And where and where is the smell of COVID strongest? Do you think? I really hope it's not in the crotch, because there's nothing more embarrassing than a strange dog sniffing your crotch, is there? And then obviously that would result in some kind of search, presumably. Huh. Good on you, Finland. Thanks for giving me that mental image. I'm Glenn ZB. That was the re-wrap. We'll be back with more great mental imagery like that tomorrow. See you then.